Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whenever this reaches you. This is another episode of the Six Feet Under podcast. I am your five foot nine host with sophisticated ignorance, Uncle Poochie. What's good, everybody? What's going on? <laughs> Today is day 18. Of surviving February. Burr, 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 burr. <sighs> 18 days, man. You know, if you'd have told me a month ago that I would be in this position a month later, that you told me in January 18th, I would be consistently in the gym. I would be 18 days straight making a podcast. In 18 days of fighting off my vices. I would not have believed you. <laughs> I would have been like, man, I would have cracked. I would have, I would not have been consistent, at least on the podcast thing. Because realistically, man, I have a lot of self-doubt at times. I have a lot of self-doubt. But we already know that, you know. That's why I started doing Survivor in February. Now, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you people because I'm not a person to lie. At least I don't try to lie, although I do consider myself the lying king sometimes. I've cracked. <laughs> you know, I've uh, slipped up on some of my vices. I've slipped on, slipped up on two of them. I'll say that much. And if you know me personally, you know what they are. If you don't know me personally, then, hey, get to know me personally. I don't know what to tell you. The the IG still the same at uncle underscore pooche901. That's at U-N-C-L-E underscore P-O-O-C-H-I-E 901. And um, yeah, man, you also listening to this, you know, I always got to drop it around this time. So rate, subscribe, like, share the podcast, man. I appreciate that. Give your boy five stars on that Apple podcast app or don't. That's completely fine with me as well. Like I said, if you're just here to be nosy, then eh, be nosy. It's cool, man. I'm, I'm not tripping. I'm not tripping at all, ladies and gentlemen. I will get into this episode today, though, about uh, survival, since we are in the survival series. Guys, can you believe we're almost out of February? I can't. <laughs> I really can't. But, hey, man, all good things must come to an end, right? So, speaking of good things, one thing that I wanted to speak on, I'm pretty sure I haven't spoken on yet, but if I have, then so what? And if I haven't, then I need to put my two cents in, man, because I got two good stories to tell about this scenario. Excuse me. So, today's episode will be surviving the... You know what? I'm going to be real. Yes, this is the first time I've written down the episode name. So what we're going to do is, is I'm just going to place it in the title when I figure out what I want it to be. <laughs> Don't judge me. But what I am going to talk to you guys about is uh, platonic relationships, man, because they're vital. So I guess we'll be surviving the platonic. Where's your connection at? I have no idea. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll come up with something catchy. But I just want to get into two stories today because I'm about to head to the gym. It's early in the morning, like I always tell you guys. 
And uh, I just wanted to talk to you guys about the um, understanding of the importance of platonic relationships and the communication skills that it takes to keep platonic relationships. It's Platonic relationships are something we all can keep. It's something we all can have. It's all something that we all should have. But um, just understand this. When it's strictly platonic, it's always been strictly platonic. I mean, there's never been any crossing of any lines or whatnot. You got to be very communicative to your partner. There ain't no ifs, ands, and buts about it because I don't care, man. The most secure person rocking five seat belts in a padded car with, I don't know, the newest technology still finds ways to be insecure. It finds ways not to be secure. You know, it it just happens, man. It's just humans' brains. It's just humans' minds. So, you know, some of us are a little bit more fragile than others, but it's neither here or there, no, is it? It just is what it is. Anyways, <laughs> as I break all this down, man, I'm going to get into uh, two platonic situations that occurred to me recently. One was very, very, very um, well. It, it it gave me faith back into my connection platonically with women. And another one, it not it's not that it didn't go well. It was just like wow. Um. Okay. Gosh, looking at this situation, looking at it in the mirror, like man, I um I can see what happened and why this person is like this. So because I rather end on the good, I'm gonna start with the questionable because <laughs> it wasn't bad see over the weekend um during sentence break because basically what it was <laughs> during sentence break i took it upon myself to get up with uh one of my good friends uh eddie g and i uh decided that hey yo friday night sentence night i was like man the world's gonna be out Let's go out. Now, I'm not really a big partier by definition. It's not really my thing to party, but I just I just felt the need to get out, man. I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I could feel the insecurity, the doubt, and you know, some of the shame kicking in and um from past failures and the what ifs were kicking in and a lot of things were kicking in and I was just like, <laughs> I just gotta get out of here. So me and Eddie G, we slide, slide, slippery slide <laughs> down to Oakland. Oakland's about an hour and a half away from Sacramento for you who don't live in California. Can y'all believe that? There are people who listen to me who don't live in Sacramento. Like, let me pause for a second, family. I'm speaking to all of you guys because this topic is something we all can deal with because men and women both should have um, opposite sex friends. I have people who don't live in California listen to me like that's so dope, yo. Like I'm not even gonna front that flodge. <clears throat> front that flodge means I'm not even gonna fake like I don't care. By the way, but that's pretty dope, man. I I, I started this podcast almost uh, two months ago now, and the fact that I've extended some type of reach uh, for people who don't live in California to be like, yo. I'm listening to this. That's pretty dope, man. And I'll get more I'll get more detailed into that um 
on the last episode of Surviving February. But hey, as I transition back. So we go to Oakland and uh, we go to a party. One of my boys, he throws his little party. And uh, I knew he, he was going to throw it. So that's why I was like, yo, ADG, we're going to Oakland, bro. And so as we're sliding out to Oakland, um, you know, me and him make a pact. We're like, yo, we're going to have a good time tonight. We're not going to stress over the stressors. We're not going to, you know, we're not, not going to stress over the stressors. We're not going to stress over the stressors. Just leave it at that. And he's like, all right, cool. And I'm like, all right, bro, we can only control our controllables. That's that's nothing more, nothing less. So uh, we get out to Oakland. And long story short, we get in the party. It's, you know, it, it's not that many people in there. But I'm not going to lie. I had a good time. My boy is a little bit of a good host, so not a little bit, he's a good host. Had a good time, man. He um, showed me around. He um, helped me break one of my vices. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm weak. Um, He bought me a shot. Let me just be open. He just bought me a shot, you know, which, I mean, obviously hit me a little bit harder because it had been 24, 25 days since I'd had a drink. And so he buys me a shot. I'm looking around with Eddie G just scoping the, the ambiance for, you know, the lady folk, the beautiful ladies, particularly the Nubian Nuggets. I mean, the Milk of Magnesias, the male women, not really my thing, but, you know, shout out to y'all. There's a few of you all in there. And so, you know, we're we're just scoping, scoping, scoping. <laughs> and I see to see this young lady, this particular young lady in a red dress. And I'm not going to lie. She looked good. She looked good. She looked good. Not gonna lie. And upon seeing her, I'm thinking to myself, hmm, she looks good. And, you know, that's just all I say in my head, like, hey, she looks good. But then I look a little bit closer. And then, boom, I notice I know her. We're going to call this young lady. We're going to call her. Let's call her Angie. <laughs> yeah, we'll call it that. Angie, I see her, and I'm like, oh, dang, look, that's little Angie. And I realized that little Angie is someone I knew from back in high school. At least I was graduating high school when I met her, and she was, I think, going into the 10th grade. And just someone I've kept in touch with through family, friend, connections, and whatnot. There's never been anything there. Actually, Angie's a cool, I believe Angie listens to the podcast. So shout outs to you, Angie. Hey girl, how you doing, Sugarfoot? Anyways, um, and Angie's cool, man. She's she's about three or four years younger than me, but you know, she like hits me up sometimes and we talk about real life situations. She had a question for me about um how to go about giving her significant other a gift. And, you know, I was helping her out with that. And, again, she's cool. She's cool peoples. That's all she is. It's just cool peoples. Nothing more, nothing less there. So, Angie and I happen to be locking eyes. And we both look at each other and like, what are you doing here? Because unbeknownst to both of us, the week prior, we had seen each other out. But we didn't notice each other. It had been that long since we had seen each other. We didn't notice each other. And so it was like, man, two weeks in a row, we end up bumping into each other. Like, how is this How is this possible? And so I'm rapping, I'm tapping, I'm talking to Angie. And I'm like, oh, snap. I, I'm pretty sure I saw her with a dude earlier. 
And, you know, it, it crosses my mind and me being the person I am, I'm just like, yo, Angie, uh, is your dude cool with me talking to you? Like, is the situation cool? Now, let's pause the situation here. I know a lot of you are like, is it cool? Hmm. Now, let me break this down real quickly for you. If you don't know what is it cool means. Is it cool in a man's terminology means is everything okay? Is your boyfriend, husband, significant other going to get mad at you for speaking to me? Are you comfortable with this situation? Is it cool? Do you feel like I'm trying to come on to you? Because I'm not. Do you feel like I'm trying to get at you? Because I'm, I'm not. I'm simply having a nice conversation and I just want to know it's cool. Like we, you know, beef, no problems if uh, you walk away from the situation. So Angie looks at me and she goes, yeah, it's, it's cool. You ain't, you ain't tripping. And I'm like, all right, then. All right. And so me and Angie continue to kind of joke around and we start talking about relationship statuses. I tell her about mine. And, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm just still out here and just trying to figure things out in my life before I fuck up anybody else's life. Angie, you know, utters to me about a situation with the guy that she had already told me about, you know, she's trying to take it slow. She wants to do things differently. She doesn't want to fuck this relationship up. I'm like, yeah, cool, man, do that. But then she kind of alludes to it's complicated. And I'm like, no, the fuck it ain't, Angie. See, I mean, I will tell you this. I did tell Angie, like, look, you're way too fine to be a secret. And looking back on it, you know, I, I mean, maybe that was... That was kind of inappropriate for me to say. I wasn't necessarily trying to rah-rah Angie up or get her get her upset or upset her dude. But it was just one of those things where if people want you, they want you. If they want to be with you, they want to be with you. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. You know, like, yeah, things can be complicated. I can understand that. But there's no need for us to hide that we're technically together. You know, that whole what's understood and got to be explained situation is dead, yo. Um, just my opinion. Just my opinion. You know, if if you don't have to put your love out on Front Street, if you have somebody new, then that's cool. If you don't have someone new or if you have someone you just want to keep it a secret, that's fine. But if you feel some way about that terminology, then you might want to talk to your person. So I'm telling Angie all of this stuff and, uh, you know, I'm not really watching my back um, because I'm, I'm feeling like I'm in a comfortable space. I know the people who throw this party. I know, you know, the whole squad. You know, so it's one of those things where I'm like, cool, I'm not feeling any type of way. So Angie and I rap for about 10, 15 minutes. I buy her a drink. Is it's the homie, thinking nothing of it. And she walks away, and I'm like, cool. Again, thinking nothing of it. <laughs> and she walks away, and I turn my back and start rapping with Eddie G. This whole time, Eddie G is, like, pulled off to the side, not really, you know, engaging in my conversation because, you know, that's not the type of person he is. He's a third-wheel type of guy. So on. When I walk up to Eddie G and I start talking to him, he looks at me and he's like, yo, I would advise you not to talk to her. Or if you do, maybe you need to make it a little less subtle. And I'm like, a little, I mean, a little more subtle, right? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, listen, when you stopped talking to her and you walked away, 
you didn't see because your back was turned. But I'm pretty sure her dude, like, waved her off, like, don't talk to me. Go talk to that guy. And I'm like, who, Angie? He's like, yeah. I'm like, dog, for real? Uh, okay. I mean, shit, like, what you want to do? Like, you think I should go holler at him? He's like, oh, we are in Oakland. It's just you and me. And you know I don't got nothing to protect us on me. My boy Eddie G is a pretty big guy. I'm not going to lie. Big, barrel-chested, broad-shoulders motherfucker. You know, he can throw down, but I'm not going to lie. He was right. We were in Oakland. We were in a whole different part of town that we've never been. And, you know, that guy had a good amount of friends there. He used to say they would have whooped our ass. I'm not going to lie. I mean, we could have thrown down. We could have, we could have, um, you know, probably got a couple of licks in. But Brody was easily over six feet. So, obviously, I can't even trust him. Angie's dude was over six feet. <laughs> I'm just kidding about the can't trust him part. I don't know that guy. But all of his crew was over six feet. So, you know, that was that was a rough, that would have been a rough one for me and Eddie G. So, as the night progresses, I uh, have a couple of more sips of the uh, the alcohol. And not too much, though, because I'm not going to lie, he's huge lightweight and Things don't sit well like they used to. I'm like, this is good because I don't need to be drinking alcohol anyway. This is one of my vices. I shouldn't be doing this. And so as the night progresses, you know, we just are, you know, chilling. And I decide that, hey, I'm going to dip off. I'm going to leave. You know, it's 1 o'clock in the morning. I've been up since 5 o'clock in the morning. And uh, Eddie G is the one that's driving. And we leave out. And as we leave out, I don't say goodbye to Angie because... My my head is just a little spinning. I'm not really thinking about what situation is going on. And so when we leave out, I take don't take into the counter that, yo, I'm just leaving. I'm not saying goodbye to Angie. I'm not saying goodbye to pretty much anybody. I'm just saying goodbye to the people who do the party and I'm out. Shout outs to YBZ Entertainment too. I'll shout you guys out on Forest Bias for throwing me throwing that party and, and you know, having me. Anyways. We we get to the point where I'm in the car and we're driving off and Angie hits me on IG and is like, hey, you haven't left yet, are you? And I'm like, yeah, I have. And she's like, without saying goodbye? And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. I, you know, I'm like a little twisted. You know, I'm not even going to front. Like, I don't really much. I'm tired, you know, I'm out. So I turn my phone off after that. Me and Eddie G mob back to Sacramento. I actually fall asleep which is dangerous because I left him driving by himself and he was just as tired. Next morning, I wake up to IG messages from Angie. and She's like, yo, you just left without saying goodbye. I was going to introduce you to my guy and X, Y, and Z. And I'm just like, you know, I just look at him and I'm like, okay. Still not thinking much of it. ADG finally puts me on game. He's like, dude, she wanted to introduce you because... You inadvertently made the block hot, and you don't even know it. And I'm like, damn. I did. He was like, yeah. You remember how upset you were when, you know, the person you previously dated, you felt like they did something similar like that? And you, and it wasn't even as, as similar, you know? She she didn't place you on blast like you did. You went and bought her a whole drink, and 
like had the had Angie Kiki and laughing. You guys like you're having good old times. It's a social event, you know. Like you you kind of make that situation hot. And I really didn't realize I did. I really was just being my normal, regular schmegler, unk. And so looking on it, I was like, hey. Angie, I can tell him I'm sorry. I really didn't mean to start any problems because I do, I do like legitimately feel sorry about what happened. And you know, Angie, nice girl. She, although she's younger than me, she's very, very mature for her age. At least that's what I've always gotten. And she was just like, you know what? Unk, honestly, it's my mess I made. I'll clean it up. You know, I knew he'd probably be more upset than I led you on to believe initially. But hey, you know, I'll figure it out. And I just kind of felt bad. I was like, dang, okay. Hmm. But that was the uh, version of what platonic uh, friendships are like. Let me get into the the good version of what a platonic friendship could be like. And this story starts off with a dating app. I won't say the dating app's name because I don't believe in dating apps. No, I'm just playing. But because I'm not getting paid for that, baby. And you know how I feel about getting paid for a baby. <laughs> but no, I um, I was briefly on dating apps after after I felt like I needed to get back on the horse. After I felt like, yo, I, I need to find some way to break through and break free. And so I got back on dating apps or got back on. I started using a dating app um, that's primarily a place where you can meet Nubian Nuggets. Because, again, that's what I'm into. And as I was on a dating app not too long, I ended up matching with, uh, this was back in, this was, this was in December. This was, yeah, this is around New Year's Eve time. I no longer have the app. I just don't have the time or the need or the place or the space to realistically use those type of forms of communication to meet women. I think those places can be something that's prosperous, but I just, you know, I don't have the time right now. And so on the dating app, I end up matching with this this nice uh, Nubian nugget named Lynn. That's what we'll call her. And so me and Lynn share a couple of conversations, you know, and um, we we finally like link up. We're like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna take you out to go get something to eat, take you out to get a bite. And so I go to the gym like I do, cause you know it's operation get this body to a hundred likes <laughs> on IG. Anyways, so I go to the gym, come from the gym. I hit Lynn up. I'm like, yo, Lynn, you still good to ride? Lynn's like, yo, dope, I am. And I think about it, wasn't Lynn the chick from Girlfriends? I didn't really like, I didn't say I like her. She 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 got better, she got older. Anyways, sidetrack, sorry. Lynn and I go, um, we go snag, well, I had to Lynn's house to go snag a bite to eat. And, you know, the thing is, I was trying to be a gentleman. I pulled up to Lynn's crib. I opened the door for her on my 98 Accord, because that's what you do when that door is actually broken on that side and you don't want someone to know. You get out of the car real quick and you open it up. So I opened the door for her as I'm, you know, trying to be a gentleman. And as I'm opening the door for her, I have my phone in my hand. So I take my phone, put it on top of the roof of my car. And as she's walking to the door, she says, oh, darn, I need to take my trash cans up 
you know, up on the curb and take them up from the curb and put them by the side of the house. And I'm like, all right, no, let me do that for you. So I proceed to move her trash cans. And as I move her trash cans for, you know, I brush back down to the car, eager to, you know, get to some food because I'm hungry as hell. And I close the door, hop back in the car, and I drive off. Hearing a noise that goes doop. And I think to myself, what the heck was that? It isn't until 10 seconds later I realize I've lost my damn phone. <laughs> yeah, I remember I put my phone on top of the hood of the car. Now realizing that I haven't gone that far, I'm thinking to myself, okay, cool. All right, cool. Uh, Lynn, I'm so sorry. I need to hop out and find this phone. One, because I don't have any insurance on it. And two, uh, because it's going to be $1,000 to replace. And I literally just got it. So at that point, this is early January. So at the top of, I don't know, I just got the phone. So yeah, I need to I need to go find this. Lynn does something that I've never had done to me. Uh, at that time, she doesn't flip out. She doesn't give a bad attitude. She doesn't fold her arms. This is the first time I've ever taken this young lady out. And she's just like, oh, okay. And she also takes it upon herself to help me find my phone. <laughs> I mean, to the point where, I, like, the phone was gone, guys. Like, find my iPhone was off. I couldn't find the phone. I, I just, we spent two hours walking up and down the street looking for my phone. And coming up on the second hour, I just looked at her and I said, you know, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. I'm I'm just going to call my mother real quick and let her know, like, hey, I lost my phone. And so we, she hands me her phone. I call my mother. I'm like, hey, I lost my phone. She's like, okay, cool. Thanks for letting me know. Just uh, get home safely. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll try, you know. And in the midst of all this, one thing I must share with you guys is that I didn't lose my temper. I didn't throw a temper tantrum. I didn't get angry, which I was very proud of myself about because if you know anything about me, you know that in previous situations, when something bad like that happened to me, I just lost my complete shit. And I'll get deeper into you know, something like that later on, talking about how, you know, you have to remain steadfast in times like that. But I found it so cool because you know what happened, guys? After I called my mother and told her I lost the phone, she decided to call my phone herself. And someone actually answered the phone. Like, hey, you know, I found this phone a couple of minutes ago and it, you're obviously this person's mom, and so I'm just going to leave it, you know, right here in this corner pocket area. They can come pick it up. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> All right. I rush over there with my phone and pick it up. And I cannot believe it's been two hours, and Lynn spent the first hour walking in heels trying to help me find my phone. I'm so elated. I'm like, hey, Lynn, like, you still hungry? I'm sure you are. Let's go grab a bite, you know? And so I take Lynn to a place to go get something to eat. It has some chicken wings because that's my thing. And 
it was such a genuine scenario, situation, because she and I spoke and we were very open with the simple fact that, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I must be honest with you. This relationship thing isn't something I can necessarily give someone right now. And that's why I informed her. And she looked at me and she takes a deep sigh. And she's like, I'm very thankful you said that because I can't do that either. I personally got on, you know, that dating app because my friend wanted me to get out of a funk. And, you know, I wanted to, you know, try to stop being so negative towards men. And so, you know, and this is where we are. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's it's cool, man. I got on it because, you know, I was trying to, my two was trying to get out of a funk. And so we just sit back, relax, and we eat, and we're just chatting. And it's so dope because at the end of the night, as I took Lynn home, I thought to myself, man, it's so dope just to sit back and enjoy the company of another young lady without having to feel like, yo, my motive is I'm trying to GTD. Get the draws, ladies and gentlemen. It felt cool to just be like, yo, you're cool. I'm cool. We're both cool. This is cool. And uh, let's just chat, man. Let's, let's just chat it up. See how life goes and see where life takes us. And let's not be bogged down by the societal needs of you not being single. You know, the fear of dying alone. And, you know, for the most part, Lynn, Lynn agreed. I don't want to be a green ass nigga and say that, you know, I don't think she was putting on a show, but on a fraud. I think she's an individual who, who you know, thoroughly supports the ideas of what I have going on. And I do too, as she's an entrepreneur herself. And yeah, man, that, that was dope, man. That was dope to make a new friend and under the stages of platonicness and just being like, hey, hi, how are you? How are you doing? What's going on? And not feeling like I'm constantly trying to get my way into a situation to finesse a woman or get at a woman, you know, foully. It's a friend, man. Those things are possible. Those things are plausible. As I round this episode out, I must say this. Get you some platonic friends. And I'm going to say this directly to the men. Get you some good female friends. Opposite sex friends are necessary because they, too, keep us grounded in giving a woman's or a male's opinion. And it's easier and it's better to give and receive this information when it's not clouded in the idea, in the in the need for someone trying to sleep with you. Someone trying to just get the nappy happy dugout. Someone just trying to get uh get get some dick. Their opinions are biased. I'm not saying that they can't be good, um, but I'm just gonna say in my short 27 years of living that when someone's doing this strictly because they're trying to sleep with you. It's not like they're going to give you the best information. But when it's on the outside looking in and they're really out here trying to see you succeed, it's a beautiful feeling. So, yeah, man, that's my thing. I think platonic relationships are necessary. Um, 
I think platonic relationships are needed. I've always had a good female friend since um, middle school, high school, college, and, you know, now. You know, it's it's not because I can't get along with men or I'm trying to sleep with all of them. It's just that I need that type of energy. But maybe you disagree with me. Maybe you don't think men and women can be friends. That's something that can be up for debate. Anyways, the way I see it is you need all of the good people in your life you can get, no matter that's heterosexual, homosexual, transgender, whatever it is. If they're good people, they're good people. So we're going to leave it off there, man. It's been too long of an episode anyways. <laughs> Sorry, I had something in my throat. This has been another episode of the Six Feet Under podcast. I am your five foot nine host with sophisticated ignorance, Uncle Poochie. And like always, ladies and gentlemen, please, please, please remember to allow the peace to kill the evil that is within you. And until next time, y'all, I'm out. <laughs>